Welcome back to San Francisco Legislative Outlook, the weekly program that provides you with an update on the latest decisions made by our elected officials. I'm C.J. Hunt. And I'm Jennifer Lowe. On Monday, September 29th, the Land Use and Economic Development Committee considered an ordinance designating the Tobin House at 1969 California Street as a landmark. There was no opposition to the proposal, and the ordinance was forwarded to the full board's meeting on October 7th with recommendation. It is a historic building. It's a, a Willis Polk. Uh, it's, by, it's connected with two of the very important families here in San Francisco, and it would be really great to keep it the way it is and have somebody maintain it and have it have historic designation. Both recommended approval of this individual property as a city landmark for two reasons. The first reason is under criteria B because the building is significant for the association with Michael D. DeYoung um, and Joseph Tobin. It's one of the last remaining buildings of the um, famous DeYoung estate. And then it's also significant under criteria C for um, the significant work of a master architect, in this case Willis Polk. And it's also a significant architectural style, it's a Gothic revival style. Also on Monday, the committee considered an urgency ordinance imposing a 45-day moratorium on the conversion of residential rental units to student housing. This measure from Supervisor Daly is in response to the rapid expansion of the Academy of Art, which many feel is reducing the city's supply of affordable housing. The item was also sent to the full board's October 7th meeting with recommendation. Again, we're seeing a lot of upgrading change in this area drastically already has affected tenants and renters in this district. They've been moving out since 1999-2000. I do not think the planning department has done an adequate job reviewing the impacts of these changes. Uh, the city's attorney's office has also negotiated with SFSU and the city about this. So I would hope that somewhere along the way somebody is taking into account a proper review of this overall impact on rental housing in this area in this district. The full Board of Supervisors did not meet this week, but the Land Use and Economic Development Committee had a second meeting on Wednesday, October 1st. The agenda included an item limiting the establishment of new bars and restaurants in the North Beach Neighborhood Commercial District in locations occupied by basic neighborhood services. For the last uh, generation, the number of neighborhood, commercial, neighborhood serving businesses has decreased while the number of bars uh, and restaurants have reached uh, almost half of the ground floor commercial spaces in that district. Supporters hope the measure will help retain and attract neighborhood serving retail businesses to the area. Although we realize that this legislation is not going to cure all the ills of North Beach Commercial District, we think it's a good first step. Uh, toward regaining some balance in the neighborhood between the needs of the residents and the needs of visitors to the district who come for nighttime drinking and dining. This legislation, I would guarantee you, is going to create more boarded up buildings. We have businesses that will no longer come to North Beach. It's too difficult to open a business in North Beach because of the control factor of special interest groups that work and control the planning department to create 318 pages of legislation that not only affects North Beach, but it affects the city. The item was forwarded to the full board with recommendation and is on the agenda for the supervisors meeting on October 7th. On Thursday, October 2nd, the Rules Committee considered an ordinance from Board President Peskin requiring that campaign consultants disclose their lobbying contacts with any officer of the city. 
The item was referred to the full board's October 7th meeting with recommendation. This is a piece of legislation which essentially plugs a, a, a loophole in the city's ethics laws um, regarding uh, certain activities that may take place, lobbying activities by registered campaign uh, consultants. The Rules Committee also deliberated on an ordinance from Supervisor Maxwell creating a San Francisco task force on residential treatment for youth in foster care. The item was sent to the full board with a recommendation as a committee report so it can be heard at the board's October 7th meeting. Also on Thursday, the City Operations and Neighborhood Services Committee contemplated an ordinance prohibiting smoking in taxi cabs and other motor vehicles for hire and prohibiting the free distribution of tobacco promotional items. The item was amended and continued to the committee's next meeting. And finally, for Thursday, October 2nd, the Government Audits and Oversight Committee heard a resolution establishing the city's support for affordable rates for PG&E customers and directing the City Attorney and the Public Utilities Commission to participate in PG&E rate proceedings to advocate for reasonable rates. I also support this committee. I think that there has to be a considerable amount of focus on, on the system that feeds these programs. If we're going to be asked to keep them open, uh, we can't keep them open at the losses that we're sustaining right now. So the, the funding and the census uh, issues related to residential care um, are enormous and threatening, and so I think this is a, is a great idea. The item was sent to the full board with recommendation as a committee report and will be heard on October 7th. Now a report on the mayor's activities this week. On Tuesday, September 30th, Mayor Gavin Newsom and School Superintendent Carlos Garcia launched the Environmental Service Learning Initiative in San Francisco schools. The initiative will encourage students to become engaged in environmental justice issues. Service learning is a teaching and learning strategy that integrates meaningful community service with instruction and reflection to enrich the learning experience and teach civic responsibility. Uh, this initiative to green our public schools and to begin to reconcile uh, the fact that uh, we have a lot of work to do uh, within the school district to advance some of the environmental principles that define, I think, uh, what makes San Francisco such a special and unique place. The Department of Children, Youth and Their Families selected Community Educational Services and Global Exchange to be the lead agencies in delivering the program activities and allocated $860,000 for the initiative. The group plans to conduct school-based services, mini-grants, classroom learning, and students-led projects for 500 youth across seven San Francisco high schools. In addition, they will instruct teachers on how to integrate environmental justice issues and service learning into their curriculum through workshops and discussion groups. Mayor Newsom and Superintendent Carlos Garcia also announced the hiring of the school district's first director of sustainability, Nick Kaysner, who has been tasked with developing an environmental master plan for the school district and working closely with the city departments to help SFUSD become more energy efficient and environmentally conscious. The city's paying for this position just as part of that commitment. It's not just symbolic, it's substantive. We are actually writing a check through uh, Jared's office and the Public Utilities Commission. Uh, they are funding Nick's uh, position, so it's not going to come out of the core budget. That's all for this week's report on the mayor's activities. For more information on the mayor's office, check out sfgov.org slash mayor.
Here's what's coming up next week with the Board of Supervisors. Several items related to the Eastern Neighborhoods Plan will be back before the Land Use and Economic Development Committee on Monday, October 6th, and also at a special meeting of the committee on Wednesday, October 8th. On Tuesday, October 7th, many of the items we have discussed in the last few weeks will reach the full Board of Supervisors. The full board will once again consider an ordinance providing that all city affordable housing programs give preference to certificate of preference holders. Now, these certificates were given to San Francisco residents displaced by projects managed by the Redevelopment Agency. The full board will also look at an ordinance that would allow the, for the preservation, rehabilitation, restoration, or reconstruction of historic movie theater signs and marquees. They will also deliberate on a plan to impose a conditional use requirement for establishments that sell tobacco paraphernalia, which are known as head shops to people outside of government. Also on Tuesday, the board is scheduled to decide whether to create a need-based local housing subsidy for homeless families. That's all we have for this week's legislative report. For updated agendas and other information on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, go to sfgov.org BOS. Next up is Bill Dillon with this week's calendar of events. Hi, this is Bill Dillon. Thanks for checking out the SFGTV community calendar. This week, we've got Fleet Week on October 10th through 12th, with the big events starting on Saturday, with the parade of Fleet Week ships at 11.30 a.m. Then at 12.30, it's the air show. The Blue Angels arrive at 3 p.m. Also going on as part of the Fleet Week festivities, there's the Festival at the Fort at Fort Mason Center from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., Rockin' at Ghirardelli Square from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., and the Pier 39 Music Festival from 4 to 7 p.m. And on Saturday, you can receive autographs from the Blue Angels in Pier 39's Entrance Plaza from 7.15 to 7.45 p.m. On Sunday, there will be ship tours, another air show, and the Italian Heritage Day Parade, San Francisco's oldest civic event. The parade winds its way from Fisherman's Wharf to North Beach. For more information, check out military.com slash October 13th is Columbus Day, and it is a city holiday. All city, state, and federal government offices will be closed. Commuter tow-away, residential permit, and Monday through Friday street sweeping zones are not enforced, but seven-day sweeping and parking meters are. So if you go out shopping, bring some quarters. On Tuesday, October 14th, from 3 to 4 p.m., there's a smoking discussion group at the community center at 187 Golden Gate in San Francisco. The facilitator is Jan Lev, a smoking cessation specialist. For more information, you can call 437-2900, extension 215. It goes on every Tuesday, and they've got information about different methods of quitting smoking and refreshments. On October 15th, it's the second meeting of the India Basin Hunters Point Shoreline Community Planning Workshop from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Bayview Opera House, 4705 3rd Street. At this second meeting, the public can give feedback on the draft concepts presented at the first meeting. The input from this series of meetings will inform the India Basin Plan, zoning standards, design guidelines, and the redevelopment plan amendment being prepared by the Planning Department and Redevelopment Agency. For more information, go to sfgov.org slash planning. On October 16th, you can check out Healthy Housing Essentials from 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. It's being held at 455 Golden Gate Avenue, Suite 14300. 
You can identify root causes of health problems in homes, link health problems to the seven principles of healthy housing, identify practical cost-effective methods for making homes healthier, and identify strategies for the collaboration of resources to achieve healthy housing. For more information, call 650-994-5868 or email lizd at ggbreathe.org. And that's this week's SFG TV community calendar. We hope you enjoy the events. Thanks, Bill. That's all for this week's show. For SFG TV, I'm CJ Hunt. And I'm Jennifer Lowe. Tune in every week for the latest on your local government. Thanks for watching.